0: Finishing now the creation story from Genesis 1. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind. Cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Good. And to every beast of the earth, and every bird of the air, and everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that He had made, and indeed it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And on the eighth day, because it was Father's Day, God played golf. In fact, Christian theologians have referred to the eighth day in a couple of different ways, but never in terms of Green's fees. The eighth day is the day of resurrection. And the eighth day is the day of ongoing creation. The sustaining, the continuing of God's good creation. Not green speeds, but green growth. Not that there's anything wrong with playing golf, even on Sundays. We just prefer it not conflict with worship. We certainly wish the dads a happy Father's Day, being one, I know it's nice to be recognized. Having one, I'm grateful for the example that I've had in my life. And we should all say that, that any father, all fathers, are to look up to the Heavenly Father as an example for how to do life. But let's not stop there. All mothers are to do the same. Indeed, all people of faith are to look up to God for how we are to live. If we are created in God's image, and the Bible says that we are, Then we are to look to the one in whose image we are made for the model of how to live. In many ways, this is imprinted. We don't have to always ask, What would Jesus do? or What our fathers and mothers might do. We often, without even thinking about it, do exactly what they'd do, sometimes to our own. Regret. Our fathers and mothers have left deep and lasting imprints on us. Nature and nurture influence. I look like my father, and when I go to some music event with him, I don't have to be introduced. People will walk up to me and say, You must be young Bill. And then they'll immediately ask, What instrument do you play? So I guess you can escape some nature and nurture because I never have a good response. More interesting is when I go to my mother's people's gatherings and again, they will say to me frequently, you look like your mother or even more interesting to me, your uncle who in fact was deceased before I was born. They're parts of our nature that are just deeply imprinted Others are imprinted by observation. I tell the premarital couples this all the time. I, I talk about how we have learned from these people we've been around for our most impressionable years of our lives what life is to be like. We take in without having been told, this is how you live. My best example for that is the trash. Trash. When Sally and I were first married, we made an observation a few months into our marriage. We observed that without ever having negotiated it or talked about it, I had taken out the trash. Week after week, I had taken out the trash. Now, we both know that she is physically capable of taking out the trash. She, in fact, has done it once or twice. But what we recognize is that I came from a home and she came from a home where the male took out the trash. In her case it was her father, in my family's case it was me. So I was well trained and able to do it quite proficiently. Our environment shapes us. We're the product of what we've come from. We are made in person's image, our mother, our father, and our God. God made us in his image, and we, therefore, both by nature and by nurture, are made to resemble God. This, of course, takes work because, as you all know, God is perfect and well. We are not. That's not news to you, but it's also not permission to do and be however we want to do and B, as St. Paul liked to point out, just because we've been given freedom from our sinfulness, the consequences thereof, does not mean that we get to go and sin all the more. We who have died to sin are to live like Christ, in the likeness of Christ, And while we understand that we cannot get it all right, that is not meant to inspire the unholy cynicism of, well then, why try at all? God's mercy outpaces our sinfulness. Included in that is a call to holiness. Included in God's mercy is a call to righteousness. To do what is right. That's true individually, it's also true as a people of faith, and even true for the entire human race. There are certain expectations for those who are followers of Christ, and then there are other broader expectations for people who in general believe there to be some God out there somewhere, and there are even some for those who just call themselves people, ways that we are to live. We are all who live on this planet Beneficiaries of the gifts of God on this planet, whether we refer to it as God's creation or Mother Earth. And therefore, we all have responsibilities to this planet, whether we call it God's creation or Mother Earth. But I would add, we who understand ourselves to be made in the image of God are especially charged with caring for this planet that God has blessed us with. I'd add it because Genesis says it. For far too long, and with the blessing of far too many theologians, two little words from Genesis 1 have been misunderstood. That misunderstanding, or for some, the intentional misinterpretation, has been all the permission that people have needed to mistreat the very world that we have been given to steward. Those two words are subdue and dominion. And they are uttered in God's very first directive to humanity. Genesis said, God blessed them, these people made in his image, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. The first directive, the first instruction that God gives to humanity is to fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. We as a race have done a pretty good job of filling the earth. And if you use the misunderstood Meanings of subdue and have dominion, then we've done a pretty good job of that. But if we want God to continue to have the pleasure of looking at His creation and saying, it, my work in creation was very good, rather than God looking at His creation and saying, it, my work in creation once upon a time, was very good, then we have work to do. I'm no macroeconomist. I'm no environmental ethicist. I'm certainly not a political talking head. So I'm not up here proposing policy. And I don't think this is a partisan issue. For me, it's a faith issue. Because when the Bible says we are to subdue and we are to have dominion over this amazing planet, what it means is we are to treat it the way that God would treat it. Because we are made in God's image, called to live in His likeness. The word that we've translated, dominion, is about caregiving. It is not about exploiting. It's about tending, not abusing. It's how a shepherd treats his flock. A shepherd has dominion over his flock. They are his charges. He can do with them as he will. Jesus said that he is the good shepherd and doing with us as he would he laid down his life in sacrificial love for his sheep. He could have done anything he wanted. He had dominion. He cared for us sacrificially. He stewarded his own rather than exploiting us to his own good pleasure without regard for our future. And we are made in his image. Imprinted. Nature and Nurture. We must steward the earth with regard for its future. And so we subdue the earth, which is not to suppress it or to dominate it. It's to cultivate it. Like parents are to do with their children. We, humanity, are to do with the earth. It is our job to help the earth produce well. That's why this is the eighth day of creation. The earth is still maturing. I think for too long there was a tendency to think of the sixth day as it. Game over. Creation finished. And, well, we'll just ride out the spoils however long they last. God rested. Then returned to work. Bringing along His last creation. Those He made in His image. You and me to help Him with the ongoing Work of creation, and creation continues. The earth is not like a, a single harvest, where you run to the fields and you grab as much as you can and you eat it up before it gets too ripe, because you know it's spoiling quickly before your eyes. Rather, the earth is, well, it's like an orchard, where there are seasons of growth, and seasons when it's fallow, and in times to nurture, in times to enjoy. The orchard will produce year after year if it is rightly tended, if it is faithfully subdued. I don't pre- participate in creation care because it's in vogue. I don't do it because it's the thing that people think you're supposed to do. I'm not into conservation, which is a word akin to conservative, we should add, because people in some other part of the country tell me it's a good thing. I was natured and nurtured into it. My mother was green before being green was cool. It's always been part of my life. And I'm not advocating that we, as a people of faith, participate in creation care simply because of the added industrial vehicular, or bovine emissions of the last 200 years. I'm saying we're called to tend our planet to steward God's good creation because we are made in the image of God and that is how God has, does, and will tend His very good creation. When God looked at his creation, he said, it was very good. And he didn't mean I made it. It's finished. We'll see how long it lasts. He meant the light and the darkness are in balance. The sun and the moon are in balance. The land and the water's Are in balance the things in the sea and the things on the land are in balance the animals and the people are in balance and now people you who are made in my image help me keep the balance help me tend for my to my creation help it always be very good. You are made in the image of God, imprinted by nature and by nurture. And as a result, you are tasked to care for his creation, people, land, animals, all of it, the way he would. This is not a political issue. It's a faith issue. Love like the Father. Live like the Son. Live in the Spirit. Amen.